Mornings with Ken. Hey, I'm so glad you stopped by. Really, I'm thankful. I hope you got your virtual donut. I hope you got your cup of coffee with some cream in it. Stir it around. Let's get hyped up and let's go to work today. Let's go make some money for our honeys. Let's do this thing. Hey, I have a funny story to tell you. It's actually not funny. It's kind of painful. No, it's, it's, it's a kind of aggravating. So... Um, on the weekend, I had to work the weekend, and sometimes I desire a nice hot breakfast. So I usually get, I usually go to the, this one place because it's close by to where I work at. And I thought that they serve biscuit, biscuits and gravy in the morning. So, I, so I head that way, and I go through the drive-through. I look at the sign, and it says. Biscuits and gravy. And I thought, oh, yeah, this is what Kenny wanted this morning. Some biscuits and gravy. Because, you know, you get tired of, of eating the same crappy sandwiches um, every, you know. I mean, you know, biscuits and gravy, that's that's a go-to. I love it. But I've had bad experiences at this fast food chain before. But yet I still go to it because I think they make better breakfast food than some of the more famous fast food chains. Even though this one's pretty famous, but there's some more famous, you know, some more well-known places out there. But I like this place because they serve better food. But the problem with this one, you never know what they have available in, in this particular restaurant. Not all of them, but the one that I go to. You never know what they're going to have because it seems like you go up there and you say, hey, let me have a, a cheeseburger. I'm sorry, sir, we're all out of bread. What do you mean you're out of bread? Like, I never pulled up to McDonald's and they said, sorry, sir, you can't have that Big Mac. We're out of bread. But and So this particular chain restaurant, what I go to, I don't know if it's like just locally owned and they just, you know, they're, it's a franchise or whatever, but they don't, they run out of the weirdest stuff. Like I've gone there before and I go, hey, let me have a large Coke. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sir, we don't have any Coke. You know, and I'll say, okay, let me have a, let me have a Sprite. I'm sorry, sir, all we have is high C. I'm like, what? what? No, this, this, I'm not lying, folks. Well, anyway, so this past weekend. I I go through the drive-thru, I look at that picture, those nice biscuits and gravy poured over them, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to order me some biscuits and gravy. So the nice young lady, they, they're all nice that work there, this nice young lady um, comes on with a pleasant voice and says, good morning, how can I help you? And I said, I would like the biscuits and gravy and a medium Coke. And the nice young lady replied back, I'm sorry, sir. We don't have any biscuits today. We ran out. We don't have any biscuits. I mean, you got it on the side. I, I, I mean, I didn't say that to her, but I just kind of pondered for a minute. And I go, okay, let me have that, uh, that egg, that egg. Thing, that egg sandwich and uh, with sausage. 
And they always, oh, but that also comes out of biscuits, so we don't have any biscuits. I said, well, that's my fault. I, I'm thinking I should do that. You don't have biscuits for gravy. You don't have biscuits for an egg sandwich. So I'm thinking, oh, my Lord. I said, so I'm looking at the menu. I think, well, all your breakfast sandwiches mainly are biscuits. Thinking, How am I going to order something for breakfast if everything you serve is on a biscuit? Well, they had one. They had one sandwich that wasn't didn't require a biscuit. It was pieces of toast with egg and ham. And uh, so I said, well, let me have your uh, let me have your uh, what do they call it? I forget what they called it, but uh, Crisco. I don't think they called it. Anyway, I said, let me have your toast with egg and ham. And, and she said, okay. She said, what do you want to drink? I said, give me some Coke. I'm sorry, we're out of Coke. <laughs> like, okay, just give me the sandwich. <laughs> and I pull up and pay for it. So you're out of biscuits and gravy. You're out of biscuits in general. All your other breakfast sandwiches require a biscuit. I order the one sandwich that doesn't require a biscuit. It comes on toast. But I can't have Coke with it. Oh, man. But you know what? I'll still go back because they're so convenient and they do offer a better breakfast than some of the other um, breakfast uh, fast food chains. I don't need to be going there any anyway, folks. I need to stop it, not go there. It's ridiculous that I'm going there. But uh, I don't know. Now it's kind of a game. Now, I, I, I don't mind going back there because I'm looking at it as kind of a game. Like, hmm, let's spin the wheel of food. Let's go up to the drive-thru. Let's request something and see if I can get it. Folks, I am not exaggerating or making this up. This is really happening to me. This has been going on for about a year now where you can pull up there you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what you're going to get. And this ain't no mom and pop joint. This is a well-established name place that you would know the name if I said it. They have, you know, businesses across America. But uh, this particular one, whoever does their ordering, um, uh, yeah, they need to fix that. So, hey, welcome to Mornings with Ken. Thanks for coming by. I hope it was a good week for you. Um, hope you enjoyed all this week's shows. I try. I try to entertain you or uh, give you some helpful things. And uh, oh, let's get this day started. Okay, we'll be right back. Today's weather, 37 degrees with a low of 25 degrees. Haven't we seen each other somewhere before? I don't think so. I'm not sure I'm seeing you now. It must be something I ate. I could dance with you till the cows come home. Yeah. On second thought, I'd rather dance with the cows till you come home. Huh. I mean your eyes. Your eyes. They shine like the pants of a blue suit. I want you to hold. What? Oh, hold me closer. 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 I'll hold you any closer. I'll be in back of you. 17 Habits of Millionaires who started small and retired young. And this is from the entrepreneur.com article. 
Entrepreneur.com, 17 Habits of Millionaires Who Started Small and Retired Young. Now look, I'm not reading this because I hope to be a millionaire. I just think it's fascinating. I like success stories, and I like to understand um, how people got to where they are. And it doesn't always have to be about money or riches or fame, but I just like good stories. There's so much negative stories in the world. Sometimes we just need positive stories. So the um, starting off the first habit for millionaires who, who started out small and retired young. Number one, they keep an inventory of their finances. I cannot pronounce some of these names, so let's just let's just skip over the name. Uh, this guy retired at the age of forty-three, and there are two things that he did to head in the right direction. Um, is they. They keep an inventory of their finances. Know what's going out and what's coming in. Calculate your net worth and figure out how much you spend annually. So more than just a monthly budget, it sounds like this guy was doing an annual budget. That's, that's very good. That's very good. And, and keep track of how much you're spending. So that goes right right to number two. They keep track of their net worth and expenses. It's kind of like very similar to number one. So um, Sam Dogan retired at 34 just from a blog. Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, he suggests monitoring your net worth. Please review your net worth like a hawk to know exactly where you stand and ha- how much you have to go on. Oh. So, monitor, 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 monitoring your net worth. So, review your net worth like a hawk. To know exactly where you stand. Very good. They are good. Um, number three, make astute choices. Joe and Allie Olson, school teachers who retired in their 30s, made strategically choices that allowed them to live on just $20,000 a year. We kept driving the same cars. We we ate at home. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Um, they reduced their family budget from $2,000 a month to $800 a month. They packed their lunches because they wanted to retire early. So... Wow, school teachers retired in their 30s. School teachers, can you imagine that? Retiring in your 30s and they just kept working on their budget. 
and they kept driving the same old cars. That's what it takes, really. That is really what it takes. That's awesome. That is really good stuff there. And number four, don't spend too much on housing. Keep your housing costs low. Uh, let me see whether they got any helpful hints. Um, this couple chose to live in a one-bedroom apart apartment um, just to keep their expenses down. Uh, not much to say in, on that point, but just basically they chose to live way beyond their means. Isn't that, I mean, isn't that, isn't that was, I know we've talked about that on Mornings with Ken in previous episodes. And I think the, that's kind of the main point. Live way under your means and uh, know where your money's at and know where it's going. Uh, number five, focus on increasing your income. Planning to retire young is not just about spending less, but about making more. You can always cut expenses, but you can always earn more money. Those who aspire to retire young increase their income by starting a business outside of their job. Wow, that is, that's awesome. So just increasing your money any way you can. Wow, that's, that's, uh, hmm. They save their, number six, they save their raises. I've heard of that before. So when you get a, get a raise from work, don't think that that's more money you could spend in your budget. Reduce it. Let, or rather, live on your same budget. Just because you got a raise, don't increase your budget. Wow, this, this, this article is kind of exciting. I've heard some of this stuff before, but just kind of a great reminder. You know, so if, even if you only get like that 4% cost of living raise, take that 4% and put it into savings. So that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. Number seven, create sources of passive income. This one I've been struggling with because... I don't have any extra skills that I'm aware of, so I don't know what that looks like. I mean, I don't know what to do for passive income. Um, it talks about people starting a blog, but, you know, I think that's so hard to do to get followers and, you know, monetize your blog. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I'm not I'm not good at that. Number 8. They are comfortable living outside their comfort zone. They are comfortable living outside their comfort zone. According to Adcock, stepping out of your comfort zone can help you make uncomfortable money decisions that you're not used to, like cutting expenses and saving more. Spending is an addiction. 
and people's minds continue to plant seeds of comfort in decision-making process. In other words, young retirees make decisions that are aligned and supportive of their financial goals without allowing society and friends to affect their financial decisions. Yeah, that's pretty key right there. That kind of goes back to uh, trying to keep up with the Joneses. Don't worry what your other, with your friends are doing and decisions that they're making. And that's kind of like a Dave Ramsey principle too. Um, how, how does Dave Ramsey put it? Um, live today. Oh, I don't want to mess up his quote, but basically live like no one else. So later you can live like no one else. So that's, that's pretty awesome. Don't worry about what your friends are doing. If, if they bought that newer, bigger home or they just got a new car, keep driving your old car as long as it gets you from point A to point B. After retiring, they spend even less money. That's number nine. So after you retire, just keep saving. Spend even less money. That's I'm not going to read the detail about that one, but that's uh, that's pretty cool. Number ten. When they do spend, they spend on experiences. Many of those who retire young spend money the same way on experience. Things lose their value, but these young retirees understand experiences tend to be appreciated by our minds. That's good. That's a good point. Wouldn't you rather have an experience rather than wonderful, beautiful furniture or, you know, beautiful house or whatever? Man, it seems like these young people, they got it together. They're getting it together. They understand this stuff. Experiences over stuff. All right, moving on. Number 11. After retiring, they realize money no longer motivates them. Boy, isn't that isn't that good. You know, money, that's awesome. Especially that these are coming from young people who that they've learned life lessons early that money money doesn't motivate them anymore. It's not about the money. That's pretty awesome. I, I, I really really enjoyed this article. Number twelve, they value happiness of living a life they love. They value the happiness of living a life they love. If you see money as a goal, then don't get things then you don't get things right. Money is infinite, but time is not. He explained that time becomes more valuable as we get older because we have less of it. So they are finding their happiness in living the life they love. Hmm. It's kind of like common sense stuff, but I'm kind of proud of these guys learning it at, a, at an early age. Number 13, they move to areas where the quality of life is less expensive. That kind of speaks for itself. Um, wow, that's awesome. Number 14, they develop hobbies. 
Justin McClurry, um, blogger at 33 with an investment por portfolio over 1.3 million. Schedule times for hobbies like walking or reading. He comes if he comes a passion about idea, he gets involved in a new project. So he, again, they're more worried about hobbies and keeping themselves happy than being motivated by money. Number 15, they like to exercise. I'm going to skip over that one because that one's painful for me to read because I don't exercise and I don't want to feel guilty right now. But no, I guess exercise, it's kind of showing you're motivated. You're, you're happy. You feel good about yourself. Uh, number 16, they travel. Again, spending money on experiences rather than um, things that are going to fade away and rust and crumble. Wow, this is good. Last one here. They are optimistic people. Hmm. So they don't worry about, you know, what's happening in the past, what's happening in life right now. They look for the future and they plan for it. So, man, that was some good, that's a good article. I'm, I'm glad I kind of stumbled on that article because it makes me feel good. I mean, in a way, it kind of makes me feel like, oh, Ken, you're way behind the eight ball. Um, you know, I started, uh, Dixie and I started trying to take care of our finances later in life. I wish you would have learned these life lessons uh, when we were in our 20s. But we didn't. But that is some good, good advice. In fact, I'm so excited about this article. Um, I'm going to send it to a friend of mine. And uh, I think this article is really, really good. I really like it. I guess I'm going on and on about it. But... Um, that's just great that, that people are finally realizing, you know, we went through, you know, the 50s where, well, before that, but generally speaking, the 50s, America's economy is doing better. We were out of the war. People people were, were spending money. They, were, they had homes to buy. They were, you know, buying the latest gadgets that came out um, because of the war that new technology you know, special kinds of ovens and, you know, all kinds of things. And that kind of, you know, led into the 60s. And, uh, boy, 70s, we started, <laughs> we that generation spent their time celebrating and, <laughs> and getting high on drugs and all kinds of stuff. And then the 80s was the decade of decadence. And that kind of was, you know, hey, greed is good. Keep bye bye bye. You got to have the latest this, the latest that. You got a vacation in the latest hot spot, and then uh, of course the nineties. You know, I think the nineties. I thought the nineties was going to be more. Um, younger people thinking about, you know, being more wise with money, but I think I think that. 90s, and I would be part of that because being an adult in the 90s, um, I think we missed the boat. I think we kind of continued the 80s, but more in technology. So we went down the same road of greed and uh, decadence, but more on the technology side of it. And uh, so I don't think we learned our lesson. And so 
I'm happy to to hear that uh, this younger generation, I think millennials basically, are starting to figure it out. And then I'm happy for them. And I, I'm, you know, I was worried about you millennials when uh when when you guys got to be adults. I was kind of worried about you millennials. I thought, oh boy, millennials. You know, I was making fun of you guys. You know, you. You hipsters. Well, the hipsters are kind of before the millennials a little bit. You guys are kind of mixed in together, but you know, you fancy coffee drinkers and and uh, you bunch of hipsters. And I was worried about your your politics and what road you were going to go down and how you guys were going to succeed. But the more I hear from about you guys and what you guys are doing. I'm kind of proud of you guys. You guys seem like you guys are really into uh, nonprofits and volunteer work and um, helping the the poor and needy and the the least of these and um, being concerned about culture and society, which is good. Now, sometimes you guys go overboard. You know, I, I will have to say that you guys kind of, you know, went a little bit overboard with that. Uh, social involvement to some extent but a lot of what you're doing is good you care about the environment you care about people so i'm glad to see that from from you guys uh, it's a it's a pleasant surprise that you guys are seem to have level heads and uh it doesn't seem like you guys are being uh, caught up in the consumerism it seems like you guys have rejected consumerism which is awesome and, uh, hey, I'm kind of proud of you guys. Good job. You know, my son, um, David, falls into that category, and his wife, Brielle, and Katie and Nigel, and Daniel. Daniel? Man, try to try to get Daniel to spend a penny. <laughs> I love you, Daniel. You know I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> Daniel, um, <laughs> he has a pretty good job. And he's going to college, so he's got a lot on his plate. But it's funny because it's like, um, he'll come home and it's like, Dad, I, I, I feel like I, I feel like Taco Bell tonight. And like, oh yeah, you really you do? He goes, yeah, Taco Bell sounds good. And uh, and Dixie ends up giving giving Daniel her debit card, for so he can get Taco Bell. And I'm like, wait a minute, that that kid's making more money than I am. Uh, no, he's doing pretty good, and uh, he's a hardworking kid. He does plenty of side jobs and and uh, still going to school, paying for school as he goes for as much as he can. And uh, Daniel's a Daniel's a smart kid, and uh, he's turning into a great young man. And David and Brielle, and they're very just great kids. Katie and Nigel. You guys are fantastic. I, I love you guys. You guys are just awesome, awesome. I'm so proud of all all my kids. And uh, maybe you kids can keep teach me and mom some lessons. All right, or at least uh, take care of us in our in our older years. Because uh, hey, I didn't start saving money till later in life. And um, get that basement ready for us because we're probably gonna be living in your basement. All right, hey, I think that's enough for today.
Thanks for stopping by, guys. I love you. Take care. Let's do this again soon. Bye-bye now.